fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try to Hey everybody and welcome to the Week 10 Post Game Tailgate Fantasy Recap. We are post Red Zone. We are pre-Sunday Night Football. This is the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good folks at the Roto Street Journal. Paving your way to fantasy glory. We're breeding them. We're feeding them. Fantasy Wolves, of course, I'm talking about. I'm your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Off to a little bit of a late start today. The Pittsburgh and Cincinnati shitty-ass game went pretty long, but we figure we better get on the air right now. Not sure if that one's done or not, but who cares? Wolf, how you doing? Doing good in the thick of battles here. I, I, I am facing Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in my college buddies, my oh, only college boys league. So <laughs> went from a, a 70% chance of winning to now a 70% chance of losing literally in the last second of a game. That's always fun. That feels great right as you're about to go on there. So just tilting slightly over that one. But otherwise, an interesting day. How about you? How's your day gone? This has been uh, another shitty week of fantasy for me. I don't know if you've been remembering. Two weeks ago, I lost by one point uh, in an absolute shootout. Uh, last week, I won in a one-point slap fest, like 94 yeah. to 93. And I'm currently 80 to 80 right now in like oh. a, another just – I mean, it's it's not it's even fun at all. And he has Jacoby Myers remaining, and I have Allen Robinson remaining. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I should win probably, but it's like, I don't feel great about it. I could certainly lose. And even if I win, I know I'm a fraud. Yeah. That's a fraud win, but Hey, wins are wins. Uh, Uh, Well, I need them. There's one buy in my, in my league right now. I'm the number one seed and I would get that buy. And that's obviously crucial, but, but like the two and three and four teams right now, just must hate me because they're all probably objectively better than I hey, fantasy defense real thing fantasy defense is very very important um and those of you tuned in if you don't mind hitting that thumbs up button whether you're on youtube facebook or periscope help us get out to more people as we recap the action we'll go over our studs our duds the waiver wire you need to look at some early injuries we might miss a thing or two so that's why we love having the mailbag open let us know who your stud of the week was your duds but also any waiver wire guys you're looking for people we might miss injuries if we don't hit them let us know as we get ready for a big Pats game, a big chance for them to maybe show they, they have a spine. Probably not, but we will find out shortly. Yeah, I think the chances of them showing they have a spine are unlikely. Not impossible, but unlikely. Real quick, let's just roll down some key Sunday night actives and inactives to get out of that out of the way, since I know some people might be having to make some last-minute changes. Mark Ingram is active. For the Ravens, uh, so we'll muddle that backfield up just a little yeah. more than there usual. was a report too, though that Dobbins that, right. might get unleashed. Jay, uh, Jason Lockaforma saying we, this is his chance to kind of separate himself. Uh, correct we'll me be, if I'm wrong. We've heard that before, right? Of course, we not necessarily about Dobbins, but we've we've heard Jason Lockaforma pump somebody and be very wrong before. So well, anyway, but it's it's a good enough reason to at least keep him stashed, if not even potentially starting. I wouldn't trust Edwards or. Mark Ingram, Dobbins, the only running back for the Ravens I would be looking at tonight. Agreed. Damian Harris for the Pats is also going to be active for week 10 against the Ravens. He didn't practice much this week, but he is going to play with a questionable tag, of course, with the Belichick and any of these guys. You have no idea what that means. No Nikhil, Nikhil Harry, uh, he had been in concussion protocol. He is active for week 10 against the Ravens, if that's going to matter 
But anyway, those are, those are your key. I agree. I don't think it will either. Those are your key actives slash inactives. I guess actually they're all actives. Uh, so do with that what you will. Yeah, we're gonna no get Sony in- Michelle as well. Sony Michelle is staying on the IR. So here yeah, he's on the, have the big back role for however long the big back matters. Who knows if we'll get down early? Or uh, they might try to ride Rex Burkhead. Could be that Burkhead's probably going to vulture. I'm facing Harris, so you know, pray Burkhead has the hey, big game tonight. Speaking of vulturing, I had a really horrible experience. I talked about how terrible my team was, but on Thursday, I had Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the the Titans get the ball on the one yard line. I think, well, this I'm I'm going to score a point here. Either Henry's going to run it in, Tannehill's going to run it in, or anybody that Tannehill passes to. I'm going to get six yeah, points. Double, dude. And oh. then they, they give the side handoff to Johnu Smith. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I'd call that a vulture. That's more just like a kick in the crotch. Yeah. One to both nuts. Like double. Right, kick. right, right. Kick me like in the right side of the crotch. And then as I doubled over, kick me in the left side exactly. of the crotch. Just That's to make awful. sure they made their point. Oh. Anyway. All right. We're going to get into the studs. We don't have banners for a lot of these. Uh, we'll probably have one for the winner, but I got seven potential studs. This was a weird week. Wouldn't you agree? As far as studs, usually we've had three or four just guys, maybe more even sometimes that have just had such huge games, you know, eggplant, eggplant, eggplant. I'm not sure how many of these guys even deserve the eggplant, but yeah. these are the best of the bunch. These guys all had uh, very good to excellent games, but not up to the standards of our last few weeks. Number one, DeAndre Swift. He had 81 yards on the ground, five catches for 68 and a score and got the lion's share. Well, no pun intended of the carries for the Lions. Uh, Rojo, CJ's man. CJ sent a group text to us, said, sit on my face, Rojo. And that was, of course, after the 98-yard touchdown <laughs> run. Uh, ended up with a 192-yard rushing day and a touchdown. Again, 98 of it came on one play. Otherwise, it would have been a pretty pedestrian 94 yards, no scores. But, I mean, that's part of the game. He, right. he put 15, 16 points up on that play. Buck 92 and a score. That's a pretty good stat line. Tom Brady, the ageless one, except last week he seemed – the, like the aged one, uh, 341 yards, four total touchdowns. He had a great game. Deontay Johnson, six for 116 and a score. He started fast, uh, finished slow. I would say he's probably not going to be one of the studs or the stud of the week. T. Higgins, kind of similar, seven for a buck 15 and a score. That was maybe more impressive because the Bengals pretty much did absolutely nothing. So putting up a stat line like that was impressive. Josh Jacobs, I, I hate even talking about him in this group, 112 yards on the ground, four catches for 24 yards uh, and two touchdowns. And Marquez Valdez scandling four catches for a buck 49 and a touchdown. Like I said, not not as star studded and not as impressive of a group as we've had in the last few weeks. Who would you lean towards? And is there anybody that you kind of want to accent here? It's tricky because, I mean, Brady is the sheer points amount. Like he, he scored the most points of any player this week and he sustained – a bunch of other players in the media, you know, Godwin, Evans, and Antonio all put up meaningful stat lines. And Gronk, Gronk also, I mean, exactly. There's a four receivers and a running back, and him, six guys. And the Tampa Bay offense was number one in my up list. It's rare that you can have six guys eating on offense. And because of that, that's why I call Tom Brady the winner of the week. He himself put up the most points of anybody, but he also sustained four viable options on a team where I own you know, Brady and, and God, uh, Godwin and Evans. It was nice to see all these guys sustained. Um, and Antonio Brown in another league. It just – all ships rose quite highly with Tom Brady today. I wanted to call the winner DeAndre Swift, and, and we can call him the runner-up just because of the sheer – like. 
amount he's going to rise on the next big board. I mean, 71% of the snaps after never topping 40, uh, you know, 42%, I think was his season high, seeing 16 of the 20 carries, five targets, and just racking up, you know, 142 total yards in the score. It's just a monstrous day. And this just moving forward, we talked about him on our Wednesday show as one of the ultimate buy lows, one of the best schedules moving forward. We couldn't promise he'd get the work, but he did get the work. And now if he's going to get work like this the rest of the year with that schedule he has, this was one of the harder games he had left on his schedule. He just put up 25-something fantasy points. I, I love DeAndre Swift. Like as a season-long, the, the winner for in terms of most biggest riser of the week is definitely DeAndre Swift. But just in terms of stud of the week, it, it would be Tom Brady, if that makes any sense. Tough to argue with that, although I will say that if this, if we had had maybe 10 more minutes, Kyler Murray might have gotten in the discussion as well uh, up there with, with Tom. Right. I mean, that was kind of late to the table, but similar to Brady. I still think maybe Brady gets the edge because of the overall Tampa Bay offensive, just, just carrying the load. Like that's pretty impressive. We'll talk about that later. If we got time. All right, let's go to duds. Travis Fulgham, who I was playing against. This is why I can score 80 points and still be in a game because I'm going against a guy that had Travis Fulgham in his starting lineup and Deontay Johnson on his bench. So Travis Fulgham, one of five targets for eight yards in the Eagles week 10 loss to the giants. I mean, are the Eagles – how bad are the Eagles? Garbage. And I'm going to say that about a couple teams today. But what a steaming pile of shit like the one above my head. I don't know if I prefer the eggplant or the or the shit above my head. But you man, the eggplant. Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I like the eggplant. It's true. I do like some eggplant. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the Eagles are so bad, right? I mean, what, what are we supposed to do with this? Travis Fulgham, who was like, you know, you were even saying last week, and I didn't disagree with you. Guys, like, uh, you know, he's a legit number one receiver, not on a fantasy team, but on, on an NFL team, and he's a legit starter, and he just looked like total horse shit. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Rieger, I think, had maybe six fantasy points on the bench. Dallas Goddard. And, you know, and this is a real testament, by the way, to how bad tight ends are. We've been talking about this. Goddard right. had like one point at the beginning of the second half, Oof. ended with seven fantasy points, and I oh, felt like man. I hit the lottery. Like right. I was like, exactly. oh, man, three catches for 40. Wow, well, that's a solid game from Goddard because oh. that's how shitty the position is at this point. It's it's awful. And, and just like on the back of all that is who's the man sustaining all these ships? Carson Wentz at an eight-point fantasy day in most scoring set, uh, settings, 208 yards, n- no touchdowns in four rushing yards. Just a pathetic day from Carson Wentz. So hopefully you think there's better days ahead, but you know it's not like the Giants have this elite defensive front. So that was definitely concerning for Fulgham and for really all ships around Carson Wentz and, and the, the water himself, Wentz, was just disgusting. Absolute toilet water. My buddy Johnny Goodtimes is from Philadelphia and is, you know, obviously a huge sports fan, big fan of uh, our site and, and the show and everything. And he texted me maybe an hour ago. Carson Wentz is not an NFL starting quarterback. No, so not we'll at see. all. I think worse than him, though, my, my dot of the week might be Russell Wilson. What well, did he finish with? 248 yards and two interceptions? But, yes. And, and you know, and he had, I, I want to say he maybe had 60 yards rushing, which he always does to like make it. So he, yeah. his, his floor is like 10 and not three. Right. But yeah, I mean, that's, so he's not worse than Wentz globally, but as right. far as what you're expecting from this guy and what he delivered today, that was, I would say, a worse showing. Um, you know, I would say, and by the way, the Eagles losing that game going to three, five and one are still they're They're in, they're in, in sole first. possession of first place in oh. the NFC East, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, and Wilson, you know, the two forty eight two picks. I can't remember the last time we saw a game like that from Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, the unguardable DK Metcalf. Two catches for 28 yards. Oh, 
what a shithole game for this guy. And and again, I have DK Metcalf. That would explain why I have 80 points. Um, if you had said to me, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf are going to combine for like nine fantasy points, I would have said you're lying. Lying. But here we are. It goes to show um, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, one of the best the in the league, is he can take out DK Metcalf. He can take out anybody. And this isn't the first time we've seen an elite number one receiver not like underwhelm and then also just get completely erased like this. This was this was scary to see. You, you thought he was unguardable. You thought Russell Wilson couldn't really be putting on a dud list ever. And here we are, relative to expectations. The, probably my favorite for the dud of the week. I agree. I also want to point out, and I hate piling on DK because he's literally probably one of my two favorite football players. But I, I recall when they played the Cardinals also, when I think who Patrick Peterson was on him. Mm-hmm. He disappeared in that game too. And yeah. so there is a little bit of a pattern of DK being absolutely unguardable against the average to below average guys and just murdering you and maybe the absolute elite guys struggling with, which is disappointing to see because I do have a lot of faith in him. So I hope that that ends up not being true. Last on the dud list, and I don't think this guy can compete with the Wilson DK duo, Duke Johnson. The, the stat line you have written by Duke Johnson just says, ew. I think it was 54 yards total, which again is like, okay, but relative to everybody, he's coming in, he's going to get 20 touches. He's going to play 80% of the snaps. I think he was in on like 80% of the snaps. Oh, sure. He was on the field. Do anything. (laughs) Uh, That was a huge disappointment. I kind of want to nominate for the dud of the week. And this isn't right because Nick Chubb had 18 fantasy points, but my God, he should have had 24. How, How does he do that? How does he step out at the end like that? I get it's like, okay for your team, but. You're up by three scores at that point. Just get the fucking touchdown. I would love. Oh. So he can't be the dud of the week. And also, no. I just I just want to say, I feel like in the RSJ group text, I feel like Jimmy might have said something this week about, oh, Duke Johnson's going to get all this work. And I wanted to say something really. I might not have been Jimmy, so if it wasn't, I'm sorry. But I wanted to say something really snarky back. But then I was like, no, I'm going to get burned. Anyway, um, Nick Chubb, I would have loved to have had a real-time video reaction of you during that <laughs> final run. Because I'll bet you were so happy and then so angry. Yep. And, uh, you know, and for those of you that don't know, Nick Chubb had a breakaway near the end of the game. He was going to score his second touchdown. The guy had a good stat line, very good stat line, uh, mm-hmm. stepped out of bounds or, or kneeled, I should say, to basically ice the game instead of taking, you know, getting eight more points for the Wolf or whatever would have been really nice. So that's why he's talking about him as dud of the week. He's not dud of the week, but he's the guy that you might want to hit the most if you saw him on the street, um, if he wouldn't absolutely kick your ass. So who's your dud of the week? Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, both of them? Relative to expectations, Russell Wilson. But the only other one, if we're – I know we've mentioned a couple Thursday night guys at this point. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, seven carries, 12 yards. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, does it get more frightening than that? As you watch Naeem Hines go off for two scores and over 100. I mean, Wilkins had an absolutely terrible game, too. And and, and still outscored Jonathan Taylor. It's just a joke of a backfield. So, yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor, in all honesty, has to be the dud of the week. Um, But Russell Wilson Uh, and BK, relative to expectations, that was just a a clear cut, just complete. So, yeah, I'm going to go winner Seahawks pass game just because. All right. That's fair. And the Seahawks seem to be kind of falling apart also, just in general. They've they've ever since they blew that game to the Cardinals that they had no business blowing, they have not looked right. Right. Exactly. All right. Let's go to up. I, I touched on this before, 
for my my three up, three down, it's actually going to be more than three up. We're going to go by them pretty fast. Tampa Bay offense, there were a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. And here's the PPR points, how it broke down in, in basic uh, ESPN PPR scoring. Brady put up 32. Rojo put up 26. Evans, 19. Godwin, 15. Gronk and AB, both 13. Coming out of one offense, that is pretty amazing. So that's easy yeah. to see why they're on the up list. Also on the up list, Marvin Jones. There was a Marvin Jones sighting. Eight catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. What? DJ Moore, four for 96 and a touchdown. I don't even really want to get into this because clearly we don't know anything at all about the Panthers passing game. We have been a week late on this consistently every single week. You know what I'm saying? Like we've been late on this all the time. Uh, Number four on the list, the aforementioned Nick Chubb. We talked about him before. T Higgins also six for a buck Oh two and a touchdown. Obviously he keeps trending up. He really does. Antonio Gibson, 45 yards, two scores and McKissick. They're on the field together. They're coexisting. So those are the guys, you know, you'd have to say are trending up like serious. Like I said, I'm not touching DJ Moore. I don't know what to make of those Panthers guys. We've been wrong every single time. So sorry if you listened to us on those because we clearly have no fucking idea what we're talking about. I don't think anybody does. And that's kind of the point of the offense. That's what Joe Brady does. That's why DJ Moore has been a awful third round pick. Even though he had a monster game, if you used him, great job. But he seems like one of those guys that like just has been so bad that you finally bench him and then he goes off. And I don't know if we ever came up with a name for what that would be for the glossary. But that to me is what DJ Moore is, is like, you don't trust him. You don't trust him. You put him in and he's and he or, or you bench him and he, or, or you trust, you trust, then you bench and he goes off. Whereas Curtis Samuel's the opposite of him. You don't trust, you don't trust, you don't trust. You finally do. You put him yeah. in, you get you fucking 25 yards. Right. It, the opposites. And you never know what it's going to be. They're going to earn your trust just so you can put them in. They can, they can fuck it up. It, it's a great offense yeah. in that sense. Cause you can never know what's coming, but yeah, it's, an absolute quagmire for uh, fancy purpose. I do want to talk about that that Washington backfield, though. I love the okay. fact that they can coexist like this. Uh, McKissick in for 70% of the snaps, but Gibson in for 40. They're on the field at the same time. Gibson getting all the touchdowns. Barber's not a thing at all, so that's nice. So I, We kind of knew that for the last few weeks, but good to know. McKissick, though, even with Gibson putting up over 20 fantasy points, had 17 of his own because they had 15 targets. Wow. A week after getting 14, he also pounded in a touchdown. I mean, what more can you ask for from that guy? He's going to probably go down as one of the better waiver wire pickups of the year, uh, J.D. McKissick, which is insane. I don't think that's going to change. I think we're going to get plenty of these two both becoming a backfield, kind of like the Chubb and Browns game where you know, Chubb had 18 fantasy points. Hunt also had 104, three catches in 128. Like that, It's like the Saints of old where there was two top five running backs. Some backfield just work better with, with tandems. And this is one where with, between the uh, the Browns, between Washington, it seems to just work out okay. I didn't think I didn't think enough offense could come from Washington, but it sure is. Um, and it's it's worth pointing out when we talk about Washington. Also, not to jerk this guy off because the announcers certainly do it. Alex Smith started his first game in two years yeah. and threw for three hundred ninety yards. Now I watched him. I didn't think he looked too good, to be honest with you. Right. But still, I mean, the the fact that he even started and and completed and at least stat wise put up some decent numbers. You know, that's worth noting. I mean, you know, it's not like the bar has been high for Washington quarterbacks. It's probably about as good as anybody's looked all year. There's nobody we want to root for more, too. I mean, his story, it just doesn't get any better. Uh, Obviously, it doesn't get any worse than what it was last year, but it's great to see him. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, rounding out uh, the ups, I, I missed these. Brandon Ayuk, seven for 75 and a touchdown. Kenyon Drake, uh, speaking of two running backs in a backfield, 
Edmonds seemed like he was getting the lion's share for a while, but then, uh, you know, Drake ended up with close 90, 100 yards, something like that. Uh, and we talked about Naeem Hines, who scored twice on Thursday and had 70 yards. Uh, just terrible, convoluted backfield in Indianapolis. Those are our ups uh, for yep. the week. Exactly. Right. Downs. I got to mention, down. too, as well. I, I do want to mention for the up, one person we haven't chatted about that. He, he's now going to be in line to start three games is Wayne Gallman with, with uh, Devonta Freeman. Yeah, he, looked good. he looked really good. I mean, it wasn't the most efficient 18 carries 53. The yards per clip aren't amazing, but two scores. He's now scored five touchdowns in his last four games. He hasn't been under 13 fantasy points in PPR leagues coming off his best game of the year. Wayne Gallman seems to me is like he's locked in this every week type of status for Wayne Gallman. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, and, and as far as things to get excited about for the Giants, and there aren't very many, I mean, that's one of them. So if, if you got Goldman, you know, he's, he's a, I'd say he's a must start unless you got just amazing running back depth. Exactly. But let's go to the down list. First thing I want to say is down, literally anybody associated or affiliated with the Houston Texans franchise. That is all the way from the owner to the starting quarterback to the peanut vendors to the people that park your car, take your tickets, work the concession stands. Anybody associated with that franchise is officially a down. What yeah. a shitty football team. They lost 10-7 to 7 to the Browns. I, I think the first half of that game might have been the worst half of football I've ever seen in my life. It was 3 to nothing Browns with about four minutes to go in the game or in the, in the half. I don't know if you saw this. There's like four minutes to go in the half. It's 3 nothing Browns. The Texans have the ball. They line up for a 48-yard field goal, okay, and decide to pooch punt it instead. Yep, I saw that play, yeah. I mean, what the fuck are you doing? I, I get it. It was windy, but, like, it's three to nothing. It's almost halftime. Like, oh, oh we're going to pin them back in their own end. What? So, you, I mean, well, you just said you're not, you're not going to kick a field goal, so what are you doing? Right. I don't know. I, I mean, Romeo Cornell is a really, really terrible coach. And I know we just lost a really terrible coach with the Texans, but they should be embarrassed. I mean, you, you, they are just terrible, right? Absolutely. I will say, though, the other thing for down and like just a trend we've seen now twice in these Cleveland games, weather can really just ruin a complete game. The The winds were up to 50 mile per hour wind gusts and it destroyed the, the, the Browns and Raiders just a couple weeks ago. We warned people that that could really well happen uh, on our, our pregame tailgate. This was worse than I expected. I thought maybe Watson got the wind a bit, uh, but no Baker has no arm to, to cut through that wind. And certainly nobody else seemed to uh, Watson had no, no answer for it as well. So it just something to note, like we got to take weather serious, uh, especially when the quarterbacks don't have the arm to really push it through like Rogers cut through it. He, he's got the arm to do it. Some guys yeah. just simply don't. And, and neither Mayfield or Watson could get it through. It, it was awful. That, that was atrocious, but weather has to be our factor uh, in pregame tailgates for sure. Continuing down the down list, Evan Ingram, two catches oh. for 15 yards. We just got through last week talking about man, tight end sucks so bad. This guy could be the second or third best guy. Well, no, he sucks. Two catches. Easiest for matchup too. Easiest yeah, matchup. I mean, it's just, it was pretty discouraging. Awesome. Uh, going down the list more, AJ Green, and I have next to him. Could a guy go down anymore? That's why I'm not sure he necessarily belongs on the down list because right. it's like he's in the bottom of the dumpster already. Right. Uh, I think he had zero catches. So, anyway. I guess so. Did, did he even have a target? That's, I guess, the worst he could do. He, he might have been targeted. I don't know. Uh, dash. All right. Number four, Jarek McKinnon. I'm not sure there could be a worse running back in the NFL. Or I, if this guy were trying to be a bad running back, I'm not sure he could. 
uh, pull it off. At one point, at the very beginning of the game, I, I just saw his style and he had 14 yards. I was like, oh, okay. Like he's, he's running the ball. He's getting the ball. I hadn't been following game flow or anything. I thought, oh, I've made one or two carries, maybe three. He's got 14 yards. No, and then I went to the box score. He had had nine carries already yeah. for 14 yards. His, his stat line, he ended up with 18 for 33. He oh. also on a fourth and one for some reason, and this is already when he was like 11 for 16 or something. They handed it off to him on a fourth and one and just tried to plow him through the pile. He got stuffed, of course, because of course he would get stuffed. He's like You're a stuffed. little right. And so anyway, he sure. was awful. He got me five fantasy points, which in my game I needed because my team sucks so bad. But here's my prediction for you. As long as that guy plays football, he's never going to get 18 carries in a game again. He doesn't deserve him ever again. No, that's no, what I'm, I'm just saying. I don't. I don't think he'll ever get 18 carries again. I think that we will look back on this and say that was the most carries Jarek McKinnon ever got in a football game. I, I think I totally agree. Why? Why wouldn't he? And it's, I guess, a sneaky up for Moster, who will be back after the bye week in all likelihood. Like nobody has come in here and had any type of consistency. So Mostert, walk right back into your starting role because yep. McKinnon, Hasty, nobody showed a fucking pulse. Leonard Fournette, hideous backfield situation. Uh, he goes down, of course. It, uh, T- one week it's Rojo, one week it's Fournette. Like right. I, even though Rojo looks great today, honestly, I, I don't want any part of either of them. If you still Not have a trade deadline, sell Rojo as fast as you can because it's just going to be back and forth seesawing. TJ Hawkinson of the shitty tight ends of the Evan Ingram ilk, two of four targets for 13 yards. Very similar stat line to Ingram. Maybe limited by the toe. Who knows? But it's pretty much par for the course for these tight ends. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Samuel. He, he looked like he was hampered too. That's the part I want to put on here. Like he, he was not the, the same Hawkinson running for free. Like he, he was definitely just, everyone was glued to him. He couldn't break tackles. Ugly performance. Very ugly. We talked about Curtis Samuel, how we trust him. And then he sucks. Austin yeah. Hooper, one of two for 11 yards. Again, we talked about the bad weather in Cleveland. So let, we maybe don't dump on him too much. Mike Thomas, two catches, 27 yards. Man, you were right about him. You talked about him uh, at least so far. We'll see what happens. But so that's the down list. Real quick, so we can get into the uh, mailbag. Let me just run down the waiver wire real fast, guys. That yeah, I got got a few names. I can. I'll I'll rip the waiver wire real fast. Um, Salvin Ahmed, you know the dominant workload. I want to look at the final snap count. I didn't get that number, Uh, but ultimately, what he finished with eighty-five yards, like eighteen carries, and um, the, the touchdown, looking real smooth while doing it. Um, and only owned in 5% of Yahoo leagues right now. It looks to me, yeah, 21 carries. Wow, never mind. He, that, that much more. So he was the clear guy, kind of just like Matt Miles Gaskin. Nothing overly impressive, but churned, fell forward, looked good. Uh, he'd be my number one waiver wire target for, for no question anybody out there, uh, in leagues. Michael Pittman, though, would be number two. Uh, he's owned, I think, right around 20%. We said it on my Thursday broadcast. I said, if you got tra- bench trash, beat the rush. Only 9% owned. Wow. Uh, seven catches on eight targets, 101 yards. Uh, just playing to that big body, playing on over 87% of the snaps in back-to-back weeks. Also ran the ball for 21. So creative usage. I think, you know, we were talking about Rager being that next big rookie to step in and, and this promising class. It might be Pittman. Uh, he, he's his big body, that next Vincent Jackson style c- comparisons. He looked real good. Vincent Jackson. Love yeah, that reference. Of course yeah, I right. do. Of course yeah, I remember. Rivers, do. Remember, he was a monster. I, I love yeah, that. Guy. He had his moments. Absolutely. Um, today, Kalen Balaj, uh, 
it, there was the big question, who's it going to be this week? Is it going to be Kelly? Is it going to be Pope? Is it going to be Balazs? <laughs> How can we ever find anybody? Well, he sees Balazs, 18 carries, 68 yards. Pretty gross. Uh, but yeah, also got some gross. work as a receiver. Five catches, 34 yards, 12 points. He's now gone 15 and then 12 in back-to-back weeks. It looks like Eckler is going to be back soon, but you might get a start against the Jets and maybe even Buffalo, a, another horrible run. We just saw Kenyon Drake go for over 100 yards on them, and Drake doesn't run for 100 yards against anybody. This Edmonds year. had another, like, 60. So Exactly. That, that awful Buffalo run D, awful Jets run D. Uh, so Belage has a nice schedule for whenever Eckler's uh, – for however long he's sidelined for. Belage is another great name. It's actually a pretty juicy waiver wire. Uh, now more and more I think about it because as we, we haven't covered all the injuries yet, but Jameis Winston steps in for Drew Brees. Now, he didn't do – a whole lot with his time, 63 yards. He didn't have to, though. Uh, six for 10. They were already up big. They didn't have to sling it. But we know Jameis Winston can hum it all over the yard. The weapons there are fantastic. You couldn't ask for a better offensive system. We don't know yet what Drew Brees' injury is, but it kept him out the entire second half. Uh, he looked upset, visibly upset on the waiver wire. Uh, and then the last two names I have, and you can let me know if I th- forgot anybody, Nat. I got Josh Reynolds going uh, 10 targets. I think a, a team high 10 targets. Nonetheless, eight catches, 94 yards, using that big frame, looking pretty juicy after the catch. Uh, a great, great day from Josh Reynolds. He also looks like the greasiest human being I've ever seen in his picture. Uh, I don't know how they decided on that as his headshot. So shout out to you, Josh, uh, Josh Reynolds, for giving literally zero shits in your picture. And last but not least, Devontae Booker. Might have been revenge game, just like scripting it because they were already up so big, but 81 yards, two touchdowns on the ground behind Josh Jacobs. Just an absolute steamrolling of the previously vaunted Rundy of the Broncos. Good to know that that was just like a, a weird string of matchups. Um, but all interesting names. Wolfpack, let us know if there's other guys. You're like, oh, this guy's on my waiver wire. Or did we miss somebody? I think Dwelly had a couple nice catches for the Niners at tight end. But uh, also potentially. Don't pick up any tight ends. Let's, let's chat the injuries because that, that could inform a few right. more. Here. All right. Well, uh, Breeze, of course, we don't know the yeah. extent of it, but it resulted in Jameis playing the whole second half. Teddy Bridgewater, Mike Davis, uh, doesn't really matter. I'm assuming McCaffrey will be back, but, you know, some people, he had been dropped, got picked up, thought he would do something. He didn't really do anything, and now he seems to be hurt again. Traquan Smith and Andrew Whitworth. Also, uh, Travis Homer, I mean, in that Seattle just nightmare running back situation. Yeah. Um, he's doubtful to return week 10 against the Rams. He didn't return. Probably doesn't matter. But those are our injuries. But thank you so much for catching your post-game tailgate. Uh, you can find all our stuff at rotostreetjournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves. I'll be updating the rest of the season big board tonight and tomorrow. The fantasy stock watch, you know, my man Truth, CJ, all the guys are going to be hitting that stock watch getting you all the latest news, these biggest stories. Uh, certainly DeAndre Swift and some of these other big ones we talked about tonight. I'll be live tomorrow with specific, a deeper dive into the waiver wire. We'd love to do a quick look here, get you some names to start writing down and look at. I'll really dig into the snaps, all that good stuff uh, tomorrow, along with injuries as well. Um, and then you know the deal. You waiver wire on uh, that that as well with the injuries. Then we're going to go rankings Tuesday. You, me and the truth will be back Wednesday for the preview show. Thursday night ranking show, Friday DFS. I mean, we're doing something every fucking day. Uh, it's it's, it's become a pretty bad schedule, right? We're psychos. That's our schedule. Uh, I, I'm going to make a graphic and post it on the website. So that way it's like clearer when we're live. Uh, but you guys find us anyways because you're the fucking best. Yeah. Uh, this person says they bench 
uh, Gibson, but had Kamara and carry the team, and they still won. We told everybody to play Gibson on it. We had some pretty good shows uh, calls on the show today. I'll, I'll get I'll give us a little pat on the back, maybe a couple misses, but a good day. Uh, so Wolfpack, though, I know I just rambled. I, I just ranted. Go ahead, go ahead. Roto Street Wolf. Is yourself. This is the truth. Um, the thank truth. you guys so much. Uh, I'm the wolf. <laughs> I'm the truth. <laughs> See you guys later. Best of luck. Get what you need to win in Wake Ten, baby. Let's later. Go. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.